0: How do you view your own success? Are you leading with compassion or are you considered ruthless? There is plenty of room for both types of leaders, but the best way to lead successfully is to balance boldness and integrity using kindness and compassion to earn respect. Combine this with a go-getter, visionary, and aggressive drive to stay competitive. Welcome to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour with Kathy Fairbanks. We'll use the ideas heard today and in this series to help you use every advantage to achieve the best end result. Now, here's your host, Kathy Fairbanks.
1: Welcome to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour with your host, Kathy Fairbanks. I am thrilled that you've been able to join us for today's show because it's a special treat. We're going to be talking about disruption and the impact that has on business. Now, before we get into this, I can think of no better organization that ties more in alignment with the traits of a compassionate samurai than the women presidents organization. And that's what we're going to unpackage a little bit today. Now Remember, when we talk about what a compassionate samurai is, that's someone who cultivates that warrior like spirit out there, like a samurai, but marries it up with compassion. And promotes and allows those two mindsets to dance together. So you're not waking up in the morning saying, well, I'm going to be a leader today, but am I going to be a jerk or am I going to be a doormat? Mm -hmm. Those aren't the options. The options are to be a bold, ethical leader who also has an infusion of compassion So remember those 10 traits as we go through our show today and kind of check it off. How often are you living those traits of commitment and personal responsibility as well as contribution? Do you have the focus that you aspire to have? And let's gut check ourselves on honesty as well as honor. And where's that trust level both giving and receiving trust? And where's that abundance meter setting for you? Boldness, striking in and out of boldness when it's necessary. And then always being a lifelong learner and having that knowledge fuel you on a daily basis. Those are the traits of the compassionate samurai, that we'll just organically hear about today with the organization that our guest founded. So let me speak to you a little bit about our guest today. Her name is Dr. Marsha Firestone. Now, normally I wouldn't take time to go over someone's bio. I'd I maybe just say a few lines of introduction, but today's guest really warrants a further description. I want you to know a little bit about her background and her credentials in starting the organization and serving on the councils and the boards that she serves on. Because Dr. Firestone is a recognized expert on entrepreneurship. She's the president and founder of Women Presidents Organization. We'll refer to it today in the show as WPO. Now, the WPO is a peer advisory group for women-owned and led multi-million dollar businesses. Now, the purpose of this organization since 1997 is to help accelerate business growth And enhance competitiveness and promote economic security for women-owned and led companies now they do that through confidential and collaborative peer learning groups so if there's a mission to this organization it's about growth and scalability and doing it collaboratively like a compassionate samurai now as if that wasn't enough in her busy life, she's currently serving as a second term member of the National Women's Business Council. Now, why is that important? I'll tell you why. That's a nonpartisan Federal Advisory Council that promotes an independent source of advice and counsel to the U.S. President, the U.S. Congress, as well as the U.S. Small Business Administration. And by the way, if you haven't checked out your local SBA, which I did recently in San Francisco, it is a vault of information and knowledge that can be freely handed over to you. Now Dr Firestone is of course also an uh, Firestone is also an author And one of the latest books that she authored is called the WPO 50 Fastest Growing Women-Owned and Led Companies. It's a guide to growth. So you can pick it up on on Amazon. We'll talk about it a little bit later in the show. But I wanted to make sure that you know that it's a go-to must-read book. So I want to welcome to today's show Dr. Marsha Firestone. Welcome, Marsha. Thank you. It's a pleasure to join you. Well, it's our thrill and our treat. And why don't we go ahead and get ourselves started here? Um, we entitled the show Disruption and the Future of Business. So, what do you mean by that title? Why is disruption an important topic in today's business world?
2: The reason that we selected that topic as the theme for our annual conference, which is held once a year, either on the West Coast or the East Coast, we alternate. And the reason that we selected disruption and the future of business is because change is happening at the speed of lightning. Um, We are very much aware that if you don't change, uh, to meet the demands of today's economy and today's customers and clients, then you could stand to be left um, waiting um, and and losing out on the future success of your company. Um, I, it's really interesting to note that in 1955, the Fortune. Uh, 500, the Fortune 500 companies uh, that existed now today. Only 61 of those companies, of those 500 companies, are still in existence. And what that says to me is that unless you are willing to make the changes that disruption foster, uh, unless you are willing to um think of new new ways to run your company and and catching up with uh what's going on in the economy if you're not in that position you could be uh in the same position of that those other 440 companies who lost out since 201955
1: That's an astounding statistic to think that there's a 12% survival rate since 1955, and um, just absolutely outstanding um, from a statistical standpoint of view. Now, let's unpackage this a little bit because I know in the the Clemmer leadership training that we offer corporations, we actually address the upside and downside to change or disruption. What are some of the upsides as well as the down. You've talked about the downside. The downside is you will not exist if you don't adapt to disruption. What's some of the upside of getting ahead of that disruptive curve?
2: Well, your creativity can be shared by your staff and can provide uh, new ideas for, uh, for successful impact. So, uh, out of disruption can come new new success stories uh, ab- about how you have served your clients and customers. Out of disruption can come new ways of doing business internally to your company. Um, disruption can also provide successful stories, successful um, events that um, you may not have been thinking about in the past couple of years, but suddenly become available to you, and, and you can share those with your staff, with your customers, with your clients, and you can really um, enhance the revenue that your companies generate. I think right. that... Go ahead.
1: Well, I was just I was just envisioning okay this underscores the the old adage making lemonade out of lemons and viewing that disruption as where can we turn this around for an opportunity and let it positively impact the bottom line where it may look like A disaster one moment, but you turn it 90 degrees, and all of a sudden you could generate a completely different revenue stream that you hadn't even thought of until this just disruption occurred. Or
2: also anticipating change and not waiting for the disruption to occur, but planning for it um, and using that plan to help you. Uh, protect the future, and because that's really what you're doing. If you anticipate the change and you work to uh, deal with, with with how that change is being implemented, then the future can be very successful for you, uh, can possibly be, I should say. It's All change is not going to have that result, but certainly it has some impact, some positive impact as well as the difficulties that we just talked about.
1: Yes, thank you. Now, specifically, let's talk about the WPO. What was the catalyst for you when you decided to found the organization, because it's different than most business associations, and I'd, I'd like to hear what those differences are, but what was really the catalyst that, that brought you to take action and move it from idea to the real-life win that it is for, for uh, women-owned businesses?
2: Well, I was working for a nonprofit called the American Woman's Economic Development Corporation, And while I was there, it became clear to me that there were many programs that exist for startup and young businesses, but nothing for women who had achieved some level of success. And so I thought of starting the Women Presidents Organization. And I went to the board and I said, I love this organization. I feel like I finally found a home for myself, and I would like to start the WPO, and um, it would serve million-dollar-plus businesses. And the board did not give me that job. They gave it to someone else, and I was devastated. And I talked to my mentor a woman named B Fitzpatrick who had hired me and who had started AWED and unfortunately passed away this year. She had always been a great friend to me. And um, B said to me, stop complaining. And as you just talked about it, Kathy, she said, go start it yourself. And oh. so I did. I I did make lemon out of lemonades. In 1997, I started the very first chapter of WPO in New York City. And then in 1998, I started another one in Los Angeles and, and also a second one in New York. And then I started five more the next year and five more the next year, and suddenly it became clear to me that I had touched a nerve that was not being addressed, and I needed to address that that segment of the women's business community and to help them to accelerate their growth.
1: Well, and the world is very grateful that you took action on this. We're actually coming up with our first break. Stay tuned for more. We're going to unpackage the WPO a bit more, find out uh, what their real goal and mission is and how you can become a part of this organization. You're listening to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour with your host, Kathy Fairbanks. Stay tuned for more.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
4: Leadership development isn't limited to people in the executive suites or corporate boardrooms. Employees throughout a company recognize their role in fulfilling the company's mission. Effective leadership is a quality that must be shared by employees from the top down. Clemmer and Associates Corporate Mastery Workshop focuses on key topics to equip each student's development into a highly productive and ethical leader. For more information, visit clemmer.com. That's K-L-E-M-M-E-R.com.
0: Kathy Fairbanks is available to speak for your event or organization. Kathy is the director of client solutions for Clemmer and Associates Leadership Seminars. Kathy and her corporate team provides experiential training introductions to clients worldwide in order to support them in achieving their desired goals. Put Kathy Fairbanks to work for you. Call 800-577-5447 or send an email to Kathy at clemmer.com. The next step for growth is... Is yours. Call 800-577-5447 or email Kathy at K-L-E-M-M-E-R dot com. listening to the compassionate samurai business hour to reach kathy fairbanks or her guests today please call into our program at 1-866-472-5790 again that's 1-866-472-5790 if you'd rather send an email the email address is kathy at compassionate samurai show.com now back to the compassionate samurai business hour
1: Welcome back to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. I'm your host, Kathy Fairbanks, and we are speaking with guest expert, Dr. Marsha Firestone, and she is the founder and president of Women Presidents Organization. Now, that's a peer-led group of multi-million dollar business owners, where they work collaboratively for scalability and growth. So, Dr. Firestone, share with us some of the primary goals and mission that the WPO has, because it is a worldwide organization. Um, What is it that you accomplish or or strive to accomplish as an organization?
2: So, it's really uh, one word can summarize it very well, and that's growth. Um, we really want to help these businesses, these women-led and women-owned businesses grow so that they can accelerate their growth, enhance their competitiveness and promote economic security. We want these companies to be successful. So in order to join, first of all you have to have a million in revenues if you're service-based or 2 million if you are a product based company. The average revenues of our members are 14 million. Um, the aggregate revenues are 150. Uh, uh, sorry, that's the number of employees. The aggregate number of employees are 150,000. And the um, billion dollar number, uh, about 23, 24 billion. Uh, Our members generate for the economy, not only of the U.S., but other economies, because 20% of our members are, um, 20% are international members. And we have members in 12 countries on six continents, and we are continuing to grow. In fact, the latest chapter that we're adding will be in Japan, uh, in Tokyo, Um, and that is... Our first chapter in, in Japan. So, the way I describe WPO, that I think is a good way to define who we are, is using the four, five, four to five C's, depending on how you look at it. So, the first C is collaborating in a confidential setting for non competitive businesses who make a commitment to support one another and to help each other build connections. So again, that's collaborating in a confidential setting with non-competitive businesses who make it their commitment to help one another and to help them build connections. And that is, I think, a good description of what we do. We meet monthly and we share expertise, experience, and business education. One other very important distinguishing characteristics of WPO is that every chapter is run by a paid professional facilitator who we hire, we train, we keep on training, and we get them the chapter chairs to bring the genius that already exists in the group to bring it out and to share it with one another. So what the chapter chairs do is not be experts, but they make sure that everyone in that chapter has an opportunity to discuss their issues, whether they be strategic or whether they are uh, operational.
1: All right. Now, one of the statistics that I, uh, when I was doing a bit of research uh, with you, um, a very sad statistic that I found was only 3% of women-owned businesses in this country hit over that million-dollar mark. So I'm delighted to hear that you have, once someone hits that million or in product based $2 million mark, you have a solution, a mechanism in which you can help them with your organization, with your chapters, take them to that next level that they aspire to. Um, what are some of the challenges that women owners may come up against in terms of, it's different. I'm, I'm just reflecting back. When, when I transitioned from the corporate world at Citigroup, where my responsibility was to sign multi-million dollar equipment lease packages with lots of dollars behind them and transitioned out of that corporate space into an entrepreneur space, I quickly found out that my Business background didn't have a natural transition. So there was a learning curve that really surprised me. So, share with us some of the challenges that you've seen people experience taking that entrepreneur um, company owned business into the multi million dollar segment. What are some of those challenges that, that one would be uh, coming up against?
2: Well, in 1998, I was the executive director of the Women's Economic Summit, and that was a summit that brought together um, women-owned businesses, nonprofits who worked with women-owned businesses, corporations who supported this effort, and government officials. And out of that summit came a blueprint for growth for women-led and women-owned businesses, and what it found was that there were four areas where women did not have uh, equal opportunity, let's say. One, and most importantly, was access to credit. That was an area where women did not um, have the access to either uh, loans or uh, capital, um, angel investors or venture capitalists, they did not have access to those opportunities. Secondly, they, they were short on new markets, that one of the areas that women really suffered in was reaching new opportunities and new markets. Thirdly, that there wasn't enough advocacy on behalf of women. Um, and finally... Um, the educational piece was not sufficient as well. So those four problems, that was 1998 that those were identified. And guess what? They still exist today. We've made improvement. We've grown. There's some changes, yes. But we're not where we need to be. We still, there was a report published by the House House, um, small Business Senate Committee, in which it found that only about 7% of the loans of the um, venture capital and angel money went to women. 7% uh-huh. out of uh-huh. all the the money. And it's still such a difficult position for those companies that want to scale and they need to grow um you ask them, where did you get the money to start? And the greatest majority of them say from their own personal funds. I used to say, there are three Fs where you get, get the money. One is um, the the uh, access to the the first F. Let me see, what were those? Friends, family, and personal fortune. The three Fs. Mm-hmm. And personal fortune could be a mortgage on your home, you could have access through credit cards, you could have access through um, a, a banker who was willing to invest in a startup, and they are not that many. So it was very problematic, and it's still problematic, although improved, but not improved sufficiently.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, in the very company that, that I call home, and that's Klemmer Leadership Training, um, when our two owners, Crystal Zelmer and Kimberly Zink, went to buy out the company after our founder, Brian Klemmer passed away just seven years ago. Um, and Bra- Brian was such a visionary. It would have been a huge take on humanity to let the training Modules and the deliveries just go by the wayside, and and let that just rest when Brian rested. So, uh, Crystal and Kimberly got together and figured out how to buy out the company. But there's a story, you know, it's not an urban myth; it's a true story. Uh, Crystal wasn't even 30 years old; she was 26, 27 years old, and she was scrambling around saying things like, "Well, I'm a college graduate; I have really great credit; I'm." going to max out and get as many credit cards as I can and figure out how to buy this company with you Kimberly and it was cute to hear as a story but it was also really scary to think the lack of access for women credit is as you say it's just not available the way we wish it would be yeah and we live that story as a company, no doubt about that. So you've had
2: very first-hand
1: experience that sure. you wish you
2: had never had.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. It was time to roll up the shirt sleeves, and and I know these ladies, you know, took out second mortgages and and really bootstrapped the company in a, and and took on some debt, uh, bootstrapped the company in order to keep it going. And now we're in that very. Um, scalable growth mode and excelling, but talk about a compassionate samurai move. There were some pretty big samurai moves of boldness uh, to make that happen, and, and that's what their experience was. One of the things that I read that I was delighted to hear, um, and that's the statistic that 77% of your members engage in active networking or collaboration. Could you speak to that point a little bit and how that happens? Because sometimes I think women can k- kind of get a bad rap of, of not being a good neighbor to a fellow business owner. So uh, share with, your, with us your experience of networking and collaboration.
2: Well, 77% of our members do business with each other. Mm-hmm. and oh, okay. uh, that's a very important uh I, in fact we just completed our business outlook survey for this year and that number is at 72% but that's a huge number that they they actually buy from one another we in fact discourage buying from one another within a chapter we suggest that you can do it with other wpo members but Within a chapter, you want to protect the confidentiality and the comfort zone of the women who are in there. So if there's ever a problem, we don't want that to impact how the chapter functions because it's an important resource for all of the members. So we discourage it within the same chapter and promote it out of the same chapter and promote it to the other chapters. Um what we find is that these women, particularly these women who have million-dollar-plus million dollar, bus- million dollar plus businesses, that they are able to um, network, they have a comfort zone of being able to build connections with each other. And one of the places they do this is at our annual conference um, or at... Uh, Uh, our our regional programs, we have some regional programs as well, they meet other chapter uh, uh, other members and they, they connect and they often do business together. And what that does is expand the market opportunities and it gives them another market that they didn't have before and we encourage them to use that market to connect with one another. Um, one of the things that we do that's different from another organ- other organizations is that we promote the idea of um, being uh, confidential um, and working thoroughly in, in the organization, but we do not want you... To be a committee chair, a president, a treasurer, we want you to come to your meetings and be able to work on your business. And so we also want to protect the fact that there is no status differential. And when you have officers within a chapter, you begin to create status differential. And that does not work effectively So we believe in our networking philosophy that we don't want to have a status differential, that everyone is more comfortable sharing ideas and content with each other if they don't have to um, take on an officer role.
1: Boy, that is some brilliant mentorship right there. You have been listening to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour with your host, Kathy Fairbanks. When we come back, we're going to hear about some some stories, some, some testimonials, and some hero journeys of some of the members within the WPO. Stay tuned for our next segment.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
4: Leadership development isn't limited to people in the executive suites or corporate boardrooms. Employees throughout a company recognize their role in fulfilling the company's mission. Effective leadership is a quality that must be shared by employees from the top down. Clemmer and Associates Corporate Mastery Workshop focuses on key topics to equip each student's development into a highly productive and ethical leader. For more information, visit Clemmer.com. That's K-L-E-M-M-E-R.com.
0: Kathy Fairbanks is available to speak for your event or organization. Kathy is the director of client solutions for Clemmer and Associates Leadership Seminars. Kathy and her corporate team provides experiential training introductions to clients worldwide in order to support them in achieving their desired goals. Put Kathy Fairbanks to work for you. Call 800-577-5447 or send an email to Kathy at clemmer.com. The next step for growth is... Is yours. Call 800-577-5447 or email Kathy at K-L-E-M-M-E-R dot com. listening to the compassionate samurai business hour to reach kathy fairbanks or her guest today please call into our program at 1-866-472-5790 again that's 1-866-472-5790 if you'd rather send an email the email address is kathy at compassionate samurai show.com now back to the compassionate samurai business hour
1: Welcome back to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour with your host, Kathy Fairbanks. Today's subject is disruptive business, not chaos, but really, as our guests talked about today, getting ahead of the curve of disruption or change, and then having that plan and and. Moving that plan from um, the craziness of disruption to something that can impact your bottom line positively. And so I'd love to hear from you, Dr. Firestone, a little bit about the demographics of your members, because I think it's from A to Z, as well as maybe a couple of uh, success stories where a company came into your organization at one level and where they have been successfully growing today. Would you share with us a little bit of those, uh, those stories?
2: I'd love to first of all, let me just talk a little bit about our demographics. We just uh, reviewed our our uh, research and we always updated this year this time of the year and this is what we found that the average revenues of our members are fourteen million. the aggregate revenues are twenty five point seven billion. The average number of employees are 82, and the aggregate number of employees are 150,000. Um, the age, the majority of our members are between um, 40 and 59. And um, 73% are married, um, 27% have They're divorced, domestic partner, single, widow, 78% have children, um, and 50% have a B.A., and uh, 21% an M.A., and 5% an M.B.A. So as you can see, um, they're kind of normal, Um, Mm -hmm. but what differentiates them, I believe in the research that I've done, is I ask the question, what is the single most important characteristic that leads to your success? And the number one characteristic is innovation, Mm. um, being innovative. And so I want to talk a minute about two or three of our um, members. One is a woman named Julie. Julie who has a a company, professional products. Um, When she joined WPO 10 years ago, actually I think about 12 years ago, she was about two million in revenues. She's now 30 million in revenues. Mm. So that's quite a success story. Another interesting success story is a woman named Phyllis, who was in the service for 22 years, um, retired from the service. And while she was in the service, she learned a skill around cybersecurity and started her own business, her own cybersecurity business. Um, She has um, grown her revenues from that first day where she had nothing to over a hundred million, a hundred million. And she continues to grow her company. She, the Ernst and Young EY company does a survey each year of the uh, most successful businesses. And in the technology area, Phyllis won this year. And she, she, one the uh, most successful um, business in the um, uh, the technology area.
1: Wow! So that's well, I, from I,
2: nothing I... to over a hundred million.
1: Now those are some numbers that people could get really excited about. I know in the in the in the world of things, one of our, our our true tagline, and we mean this, is um, creating a large amount of change in a short period of time. And it sounds like Phyllis and her team really is an example of that. And great to hear. I'm sure she um, really leans toward the support of of the WPO uh, with her success. So let me ask you this. Can you share with us, um, I know when we talked a little bit about what the flow of the meetings are like, um, you had mentioned to me that the, the members really determine the agenda. So can you speak a little bit of, of some of the flavor of, of the agenda when it's member led?
2: Absolutely. The The whole concept of WPO is to use an adult learning model, which says adults learn best when they decide what they're going to learn, when they're going to learn it, and how they're going to learn it. And so it is the facilitator's job to make sure that happens, to create an agenda that the members define. Um, what they are going to address and the topics and the speakers and if they have a speaker, and the roundtable. We use a roundtable process where every member, every uh, facilitator is trained in how to implement this, this, this roundtable process. So th- these are uh, educational strategies that we use in our chapters, and we, we do that deliberately so that the women can um, really address the issues that they don't have the ability to share with anybody else. Because, as they say, it is lonely at the top. And what we do, they can't talk to their employees about many of these issues, finances, uh, compensation, HR issues. So they bring them to the chapter meetings. And what we do is we say, okay, for the next three sessions, let's talk about what we want to address. And there's recommendations that are made by the chapter members, and then the selection um, is determined, and then it's the chapter chair's job to bring that content to them at the next meeting and the next meeting and the next meeting. So we focus on second stage entrepreneurs. Those are the women who have started and grown their businesses to the point that they have employees and, and they're generating revenue. Um, mostly, we hope, positively but of course we have those women who are not positive and we worked with them very closely to help them succeed.
1: Well, and it sounds to me like you've fused together the best knowledge of formal education and business practices that work. And so you've set these chapters up for success and then turn the reins over to these chapters where they get to be the drivers of their success. And that makes sense from an adult learning continuum. So. All right. Well, when we come back from break, we're going to be talking about the newest book that you worked on. And that's the 50 fastest growing women led and owned companies. And the reason that book is important, I feel, is learning from others. So I'm not in, I'll I'll come from I, I'm not in a position where I'm creating and generating mistakes that are unnecessary if I can learn from some of these 50 fastest-growing companies. And I'm excited to be talking to you about the book. We want to unpackage that a little bit and have a deep dive into it. And then we want to also learn how does one apply for membership. And then let's talk about your conference that's coming up May 2nd and 4th. And that's a member-only conference. So you've been listening to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour with your host, Kathy Fairbanks. Please stay tuned for our last segment.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
4: Leadership development isn't limited to people in the executive suites or corporate boardrooms. Employees throughout a company recognize their role in fulfilling the company's mission. Effective leadership is a quality that must be shared by employees from the top down. Clemmer and Associates Corporate Mastery Workshop focuses on key topics to equip each student's development into a highly productive and ethical leader. For more information, visit Clemmer.com. That's K-L-E-M-M-E-R rcom
0: Kathy Fairbanks is available to speak for your event or organization. Kathy is the director of client solutions for Clemmer and Associates Leadership Seminars. Kathy and her corporate team provides experiential training introductions to clients worldwide in order to support them in achieving their desired goals. Put Kathy Fairbanks to work for you. Call 800-577-5447 or send an email to Kathy at Clemmer.com. The next step for growth is yours. Call 800-577-5447 or email Kathy at klemmer.com. listening to the compassionate samurai business hour to reach kathy fairbanks or her guest today please call into our program at 1-866-472-5790 again that's 1-866-472-5790 if you'd rather send an email the email address is kathy at compassionate samurai show.com now back to the compassionate samurai business hour
1: Welcome back to the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. We have been experiencing great wisdom from Dr. Marsha Firestone today, who is the founder and president of the Women president's organization, and we're going to talk now a little bit about a recent book that she wrote called The 50 Fastest Growing Women-Owned-Led Companies, and I know Amazon is in the process of getting that book delivered for me. I can't wait to dive into it. Um, Dr. Firestone, share with us a little bit about what the book is about and why it's a must-read.
2: So, yes, the book is about stories of women who made our 50 fastest list. And every year for the past 10 years, we have published a list of the fastest growing women-led and women-owned businesses. And so we took some of the winners to um, study the strategies that they use to grow their company and to be one of the 50 fastest. So we broke those into... Five categories: branding, financing, human resources, innovation, and sales. And then we selected women that we thought would could represent those stories. And the the book was partially underwritten by American Express, um, for which we are very appreciative. And then we gave this book to all of our attendees at our conference. We also gave it to other women's organizations. We didn't even charge for it because we wanted to get this information out and to share it. Some of the stories are truly amazing. Uh, One of the women, Lucy Starling, she started a trucking company. It's certainly not a traditional business that you would expect for a woman. Uh, Nina Vaca, who uh, is the chairman and CEO of the Pinnacle Group, um, she was number one uh, that year, and um, she started her company, uh, which was a software and staffing company, and she was almost at a billion dollars. Her company. Um, another woman who um, has done very well is Phyllis, who I talked about, who's in here, um, and a another woman, Kara Trot, the CEO of a health program that was very, very innovative, and she is in the book under innovation. And this healthcare program she started from absolutely nothing, zero. And, and now she's in our platinum group. And, and what we have done is we have added, not only do we have the chapter level, now we have something called the platinum level. That's a minimum revenue of $10 million, average revenues of $47 million. We also have a level called the zenith group, Minimum revenue fifty million average revenue one hundred and fifty million. So we have a lot of uh, programming that we can provide to different segments and to address different issues that they have in these various segments. And that's why we we are able to share this book with you, um, those people who are looking to grow their companies and grow them quickly, should really take a look at it.
1: Beautiful. And I just went out on Amazon and uh, ordered the book. And again, I'm just waiting for it to be delivered and can't wait to read it. It also makes a lot of sense when I hear um, you talk about the segmentation that you have, for member support, where you could be a general member, a platinum member, or a Zenith member, it certainly makes sense that the challenges and the growth and the scalability of a $150 million company would be dramatically different than the, the $1 to 5 to $10 million range. Um, the challenges, the problems, the opportunities are all different. So, um, brilliant move on having that segmented. Let's speak a little bit about your annual conference. I I know you bounce from West Coast to uh, East Coast year to year. This year it's in Los Angeles, May 2nd through 4th. What do members, I looked at the agenda, it's rich in content, rich in information. What would the members expect? And then speak a little bit. You have a brilliant uh, keynote speaker coming in as well. Share with us a little bit about that agenda and the goal at the end of the conference. What do you want to hear your members say about the conference?
2: That I learned something, that I came away with ideas that I can apply to my business, that I was given an opportunity to spend time thinking away from the company and now I'm going home with fresh perspective. What I think is really different about the WPO conference is it is very educational. Uh, We do have fun. We have a great red carpet party um, with a visit from Joan Rivers Lookalike. We dance until the early morning hours, so we do have the opportunity to have um, a a great, not only a good time, a great good time, but we also have the opportunity to learn ideas and come home with fresh perspective. Um, that is our goal, that you go home and you say, this was a fantastic conference because I was able to take a few minutes or an hour and really uh, plan for what I'm gonna do when I get back.
1: I love it, I love it. And who is your keynote speaker that you have? I think, is he from IDEO? IDEO, it's Tim Brown, the CEO and president. Um,
2: He's a design thinker, he's very well known. But he decide, he designed thought for uh, originally products, and now it's applied to ideas. We also have two women who are keynote speakers. Evelyn Morales, who's the business technology strategist for NASA, who is going to be working on the next moonshot. And she can't tell us too much, but she's going to tell us a little bit anyway. Mm-hmm. And then finally, we also have uh, an Oxford uh, lecturer uh, from the Said Business School, and she's going to be talking about the shared economy. You know how we make everything now free and available on the website. She's going to be talking about how that will be perceived in the future. So these are all different ways to disrupt, and they are our three keynote speakers.
1: Absolutely fantastic. So as we close out the show, I want to make sure that everyone knows where to go to learn about the membership as well as the upcoming event. You would go to the Women Presidents, and that's presidents with an S on the end, org.com O-R-G, so WomenPresidentsOrg.com, to find out more about this organization. Dr. Firestone, it's been a pleasure to have you on your show, on my show, and I just wondered, do you have any closing comments here?
2: Well, I believe that um, owning your own business for women is the great equalizer, It is the one place where you can control your time, your influence and power, and especially your compensation. So I believe that this is a good place to be where you can change that perspective that women um, are earning only 80 cents for every dollar that a male earns. Um, It is what I call uh, the best opportunity around. Um, and I'll end with our tagline, which is "Reaching Farther Together."
1: I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. This is Kathy Fairbanks with the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour. And as we always close out the show, until next week, we say "Knock 'em Alive."
0: Thank you for tuning into our show. You can hear the Compassionate Samurai Business Hour live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until next week's show, be sure to take action and create your own success.